Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. Today, I have ex-military. Ex-military um, and converted to artist, and I want to hear all about it. Uh, our guest is uh, Bran Simonson. Uh, Bran, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's going to be a great uh, podcast. Um, and so my first question is always, uh, what is your background and is a logical background for what you do now? But I'm going to change this one for you. It's what is your unique story of war and why do you do what you do now with art? Sure. Okay. Well, um, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of unique stories when you're in a conflict zone. <laughs> Some you can talk about and others you can't. But the what the the story that really got me into um, creating artworks with AK-47s is um, uh, a portrait of a young lad in the Afghan National Police that I was taking while returning to Afghanistan as a photographer after serving there in the military. Um, I was there for the Sunday Times embedded with the British Army there. And um, we got into a firefight one day, uh, like a contact with the Taliban while we were out on patrol. And this kid and I dived into cover, into a ditch and the the rounds are going over our heads and we're kind of nervously laughing and this kid's got loads of pink stickers on his ak-47 um and i just sort of had a bit of a defining moment where i was being shot at by the most symbolic weapon in the world the ak-47 and this kid had adorned his weapon with stickers um and i just thought it would be great to take the ak-47 and use it as a blank canvas and make it into artwork, sort of deactivating it and so making it a symbol of intrigue and peace rather than of conflict. Um, and that journey started back in 2011, really. And it wasn't, uh, it, it was a good couple of years later where I actually put that um, mindset into fruition and made it happen. But that, that, that was the seed to how it started. Awesome. So uh, you have a collection, right? Um, you know, what is the nature of the collection that you created and what is the purpose, um, your purpose or mission with it? Are you talking about the collection in real time or the, uh, the crypto, um, the NFT collection? Uh, in real time, but you can get into the NFT as well. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, in real time, um, the exhibition I literally just had in Mayfair, London, was called The Art to Disarm. Uh, and that was looking um, at how um, conflict zones and weapons uh, can create environmental issues. And it was also a reflection on my works. Since the Afghanistan pullout, um, I've always noted that the seed of uh, my artwork started from Afghanistan. So it was a good time to reflect on my original photography 
and where my art had taken me to now. But um, the majority of my works, if they're not private commissions, they tend to be um, environmental based or um, civil rights based works. Um, a lot of the a lot of the narrative and symbolism are within the bullets within the AK-47 magazine. Um, the glass bullets show from a cutout of the magazine and then they're filled with symbolic fillings to denote uh, what I'm saying within the artwork. And then the AK-47s can, can come from certain places around the globe, again, that are symbolic of that particular art piece. And then the currency and the butterflies all tie into the narrative of, of that AK-47 work. So you mentioned the environment, right? Um, and your your one of your goals is to raise environmental awareness um, caused by armed conflicts. You know what are some of, what are some of these environmental issues, um, and what should be aware we be aware of, and that we're over overlooking right now um, for the environment impact. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, I I, I think um, the last three to four decades and prior to that. But probably the most fruitful decades are paramount to the destruction of the environment. I think it's been spoken about for years. It's been it was highlighted when I was a kid at school, and there's a lot of talk, no action. I think I think that we're all guilty of becoming comfortable with a particular lifestyle, very disposable lifestyle, um, and I think everyone has to play a part. Um, I think also people are guilty of um, kind of uh, thinking that they're doing a lot of good when they're not. You know, I mean, if 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 they put one glass bottle in a recycle bin, that doesn't mean that they're helping the environment. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's an overall package that everyone has to change. And I think that that starts from a governmental level. I don't think the world leaders are doing enough to really um bring this into production and where the where the military side of it comes in and the um the environmental issues is it, it's really down to the amount of weaponry that is produced um all the chemicals that go into it the destruction of natural habitats um that's kind of where i stand with that one really so let me ask you this um you know, you're in the UK. I'm in the US. The fighting in Afghanistan happened in the desert and the mountains there. So yeah. the normal uh, average person here probably might say, who cares what's going on over there? That imp what happens in the environment there doesn't impact me at all. So I want to find out from you how true that thought process is and how well, you could tie it in today. Well, I, I mean, I mean, f f f firstly, most of the munitions, the weaponry, it's all created and produced in the States anyway. And that creates a lot of environmental damage. I mean, I, I, I need to double, double check my facts, but I, I was reading a while back that more people have died from radioactive poisoning in America than anywhere else in the world from testing of nuclear weapons. And it's been kept very quiet. Um, I think the governments are uh, led by um, munition and weapon manufacturers. And I think a lot of that has to do with Afghanistan. You know, 
dumping of ammunition, weapons, destroying the environment um, in Afghanistan. I mean, you say, what would that have to do with me? But the planet is our home. We're all part of it. We can't just throw everything in one direction, not expect it to affect us in the long run. When you look at environmental issues worldwide now, you can see um, there's flooding in areas where there shouldn't be. There's forest fires in California, in, in, in Australia. Um, the Maldives are slowly sinking. Um, well, what's going on in Africa with the conservation issues, it's, it's paramount. I mean, we, we are literally on a precipice, I feel, um, of a state where we can't turn back the damages that we're doing. Got it. I understand. Thank you. Um, and that ties in, I guess, to um, to your relationship. You know, you have had conversations with Greenpeace, you know, and uh, plans to donate some of the proceeds of the sales of your NFTs. And we'll get into the NFTs uh, to their cause. Could you please um, elaborate how that relationship works, your NFTs? No, sure. So obviously when the uh, the mint and the drop happens of the NFTs um, and then people start collecting them and buying them, then we will donate a percentage of that money raised to Greenpeace, which will obviously help um, create some changes. Greenpeace can use that money to the best of their abilities to help fight what they're doing. I mean, I mean, that, in my mind's eye, they are true eco-warriors. You know, the, the, these people are putting themselves on the line, really, for our benefit. Uh, I, I think in time, that will probably come more to light. Um, and then um, moving forward in, in the roadmap, um, I want to continue doing a lot more work with Greenpeace. So other NFT drops that we do that are linked to Kalash 47. Uh, we will continue to donate and help raise profile and hoping to get people invo involved on the discord as well so we're, we're going to give them the choice of where they feel uh, that the money that they've helped raise from purchasing the clash 47 nfts will go to so trying to give a little bit of a voice to people because i think that will help raise the profile of what we're doing and the environmental issues as well So I had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a few years. He's an artist. He creates right. actual art, right? Um, and I talk, started talking to him about NFTs. And he's like, well, how do I make the transition from being a traditional artist to creating NFTs? And you, you've done that. How have you done that? Um, how was that? Was it difficult? How, 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 what would you say to my friend? I, I mean, I, I didn't find the transition that hard i mean I, I think as an artist it depends what kind of format and how you want your work to be seen anyway um for me uh, the putting my artworks into the nft form was exciting because it's an it's enabling me to do things that i wouldn't normally be able to do in real life and uh putting life into it and for any artist i think working with a new medium is very interesting um but I, I think I'm not converting my entire artworks into NFT form. I'm creating artworks in, into NFTs. And a, a lot of my works in the real life um, are also part of that NFT collection. So people can see 
but they can see the real thing at the gallery um, and then they can also purchase the NFT if they wish. Got it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, as, as advice to your friend, I, I wouldn't get scared off by it. I think I was at first because uh, there's a lot to take on board. You know, there's the cryptocurrency, there's the blockchain, there's having your own wallet. Uh, but it's once you get your head around that, it becomes quite simplistic. But every day is a school day for me. I, I don't go through a day without someone telling me something that goes completely over my head, and then I have to go away and learn about it. Got it. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned blockchain, right? Um, so I wanted to find out first of all. Um, how can blockchain technology make a lasting difference in the transformation and improvement? And you mentioned before of environmental issues, including deforestation, plastic waste, and the decline of bees. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think really it, had, it makes a big difference in um, the, the profile raising of it. I mean, it, it's, it's enabling people to have a voice, isn't it? I think with blockchain as well, there, there is a massive transparency to it. You can, you can see the history of everything. You can see where it's going, where it's gone. Um, and I think that will enable people to feel more entrusted in the messages. I think social media is shrouded with a feeling that it's always being controlled. Um, I think with the blockchain, um, we're moving into an era where things are going to be more transparent, which I hope will sort of get the truth through a little bit better and to a wider audience uh, without things feeling muddied. The message can get muddied. People start doubting whether that's true or not. And I hope with the blockchain that, that, will, that will kind of get rid of that. Got it. So... Um... Before I go into my next question, you know, um, you mentioned at the very beginning that um, you, you're using AK-47 as a blank canvas for your art. You know, what is the symbolization of that? Well, it, the, as I mentioned before, the, it was the, when the moment happened when I thought that would be um, a good idea was when... Um, when I saw the sim symbolism of the AK-47, for me, is a very powerful weapon. Um, you can ask yourself, how many things do you see in the world that create an instantaneous, they're, they're completely recognizable straight away? AK-47 is one of those things. The dollar bill is one of those things. The Coca-Cola bottle is one of those things. Um, and for me, the AK-47, it symbolizes freedom, terrorism, revolution, change. You know, I, I often get asked, am I glorifying weapons or the AK-47? And I'm, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, they're, they're already glorified. Um, I mean, I, 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 can, I, I can say to anyone, go a week without seeing an AK-47. <laughs> I mean, in America, there's more freedom with weapons. Um, so it might be more common for someone in, say, the Middle East or the States to see an AK-47. But in the UK, there's no weapons around. But um, it, you'll see an AK-47 on the front cover of the newspaper, uh, a video game, uh, a movie poster, 
they're, they're, they are everywhere and they're a very recognizable weapon. They've killed most people in the world. Um, you can bury them in the ground for a year and pull them out and they'll still work. You know, um, pop popular in Africa with the child soldiers because you can, you can teach a kid to fire one in like five minutes. You know, they're, they're a very synonymous weapon and I think they conjure up a lot of emotion when you see them. Got it. So I asked that because, um, you know, you had a journey from from the battle to the studio to blockchain and you explore the, juxta, the juxtaposition, you know, uh, where beauty meets the battlefield. You call it beauty meets the battlefield. Yeah. Um, can you explain that and then have a follow up on that? Yeah, well, I, I think um, it was a sort of a double entendre with battle because obviously physically going from battle to then battling your way through the art world and dealing with the sort of hypocrisy and the narcissism and the galleries is, is kind of a battle that every artist has. But then um, the battle also meant sort of converting the AK-47 into artwork. So when I mentioned the studio, obviously that's where I create a lot of my real artworks. And then the blockchain was converting those artworks into NFTs and then moving forward into that world and creating more moving NFTs and then bringing elements that I use into those artworks. So I use a lot of butterflies in my uh, uh, real life artworks. So it would be uh, what I'm working on now is having butterflies fluttering around my uh, AK-47 artworks in the NFT form. So the Kalash 47 are all stills, but the moving NFTs, um, I did three for the exhibition, the Art to Disarm, uh, but that's that's a field I'm going to be moving more into as well for the next drop. Awesome. So I remember reading an article, I think it might have been seven or eight years ago, but it sticks out to me, right? Um, two out of every three men in the UK have no friends, right? So in order to get friends and have people and no friends, yeah, yeah. That's the study came out. And I'm like, in order to get there, you know, they have to, you know, how can how can they use this beauty meets the battlefield mantra to help them build their masculine identity and come up with more than and, and reduce that number from two thirds to less than a third or even maybe zero? Sure, sure. I didn't even know that fact, actually. That's that's quite interesting. I mean it's a very interesting question i i mean i, I think we, we we can all feel lonely can't we sometimes and without friends but i think um i mean i i my, my ethos has always been about you know what, what you give out and get back um i mean camaraderie and the brotherhood was very important in the military you know even if you didn't get on with guys you you, you found the middle ground um and that taught me a lot as a man. So when I came out, I did apply that. Um, I mean, there's always going to be people that rub you up the wrong way. Um, and they, there's, you have to combat jealousy, uh, anger, uh, just from day to day. You know, I mean, I live in East London. You, you don't know what's stood around the next corner. But um, I, I think a mantra that I've learned over the last few years is you're always going to get shit from people. Uh, it, it's how you deal with it and how you come back. That that's what measures you as a man. And I think you, I, I, I have an ethos written by my bed, 
and it, it, I categorize all the things that I'm wanting to be as a man. And I think um, having complete transparency and brutal honesty with yourself and owning up to your mistakes and how you could improve yourself, I think is very important. And that, that, that doesn't mean giving yourself a hard time as a man. I think that's just, you just work out in your head how you want to improve. And your headspace is your headspace. You know, as long as you're happy within there, then can be best for others. I mean, we used to say you, you're only as strong as the weakest man in your patrol, which says a lot when you think about it. As strong as the weakest, you know, there, there, there is, um, I guess, I would say a masculine crisis because we've been uh, the the men today are no longer the ones growing up are no longer three dimensional, right? Three dimensional. I mean, part warrior, part comic, part um, spiritual. You know, how can we improve those three areas, and 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 you know, and how can we use art or spirituality, um, you know, or creativity to get there? Yeah. well, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think all men, especially there, they, they, I think um, in today's society, they're sort of held back a lot, aren't they? Uh, I think, I think it's important. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I can create and make things, and I think um, that's an opportunity for me to almost meditate and and do my thing in in my surroundings. Um, and then when you have that satisfaction of producing something, uh, it makes you feel better. Uh, I, I think maybe there's a lot of people out there that aren't, that don't have that within their work life. So they may feel slightly downtrodden um, or taken advantage of by society. Um, so I think it's very important with however you do it and however you find it to become um creative in your own right whether it's going out and surviving in the woods for a few days going on a hike um you know diving skydiving you know what what what, what, whatever sort of turns you on you know even if it's cooking (laughs) but i i i think i think getting in touch with your creative side reading poetry films um i think people feel that they can't really talk about that a lot of the time um but it's a it's a conversation that is good to have um i mean i i it's just surprising you know with with being in the military and being in afghanistan you'd think that it was all gi joe knives being held in our mouth and running around charging at the taliban but a lot of the time it was spent laughing and talking about art and putting the world to rights you know awesome uh, so I want to go back to um, one final, a few last questions. One of them is this: is you know your your physical art was in an exhibition at the House of Fine Arts in London. Congratulations! Um, and some of your artwork has been purchased by Elton John, the Chapman Brothers, uh, others. It's a pretty good list here. Can you give us you know more context about that um, and uh, how you're fortunate enough to to have some amazing uh, people interested in your art? Yeah, sure. Um, well, thank you. I mean, it, it, to, to be honest, it's all it's all come about by um, they, they, they've seen my work and then got in touch with me. Um, the likes of Elton John, um, he's a big collect, he's a big collector of photography, 
uh, quite famously so. So he saw some of my Afghan imagery from my original exhibition, The Best View of Heaven is from Hell, and uh, purchased some prints. And then you've got the likes of, uh, um, there's a lot of top um, art collectors. I mean, uh, the Prince of Bahrain bought one through the gallery, um, which uh, the artwork had to get shipped out to Bahrain which uh, proved to be quite interesting when it hit customs. But obviously, when it's going to Prince of Bahrain, no one's going to ask any questions. <laughs> and then um, and then I've made a piece for Dana White. That, 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 that was really nice. You know, the guy that owns UFC in the States. Um, and then he commissioned me to make another one. So I, I had the I had the pleasure of going to his UFC office in the Vegas and and uh, chatting with him. And uh, we had lunch, and then he commissioned me to make another piece for his home. So, so yeah, it, 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 it's, uh, it's really nice, but I, I, I never look for validation from famous people. There's not an artist out there that doesn't love to get the validation from well-known A-listers, hip-hop stars, famous people. But to be honest with you, the biggest validation I ever get is when ex-military guys buy my works. You know, and they get in contact, they, they'll send me um, a bayonet that they collected from the Iraq war and ask me to do something to it. Or they'll, they'll buy a print of me and ask if they can have the addition number from their regiment. Um, and then um, one guy reached out to me and asked if he could have um, his brother's ashes put into one of my clear bullets. So that for me really sort of makes me feel... Uh, that, 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 that gives me a lot of honor when, when that happens. That's amazing. I would love to people, people to buy my book. I think I sold, sold 12 copies of my book. <laughs> so, um, but hopefully they enjoyed it. So my, um, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's been an honor. It's been great. Interesting questions as well. Thank you. And I have one last question though. This one, this one's an easy one. It's a layup question. Is how can people find out more information about you, about what you do? How can they buy their, your art? How can they look at it? How can they do that? Well, for, for the Kalash 47 drop this Sunday, um, it's easy. Just go to uh, www.kalash47.com. Uh, they can join the Discord um, and get amongst the chat. We're going to be having some AMAs, uh, having some guests on, ex-military guys, giveaways, um and uh, we're gonna have uh, greenpeace on talking about what they're gonna be doing and stuff so there's there's gonna be a lot going on before and after the drop um and then there's my website uh brandsimonson.com and then um i've also got um um print sales and stuff uh the edition prints that i mentioned on battle boutique so yeah so uh, as, as, as long as they spell my name right they'll they'll get to me but Clash 47 is the, the NFT drop that's happening this Sunday. Awesome. Uh, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you very much for your time today. Oh, you too, mate. You too. Thank you very much. <laughs>